0: I almost ran out the back door. Well, I give God praise and honor. Sunday night, I had never had this happen to me. Uh, Brother Bill, you know, Bill and Sister Amy, they've been coming to church, and uh, Brother Robertson gave them the Bible study for 12 weeks. And they had a, a little girl with them, and she was horribly sick. And... uh she was burning up with such a high fever. They uh, said that they were wanting to rush her to the hospital, That her fever was so high that they couldn't get a hold of her mother to take her and decide her into the hospital. And when I walked, he asked me to pray for for her. When I walked back there before I laid hands on her, I could feel the heat radiating from her. She was burning up. And I, uh, I know Sister Dean was standing beside me, and she began to pray with me. And we, we, re, we rebuked the fever. And as soon, right or right before I took my hands from her head, it left. Completely. Completely. And Sister Amy looks at Brother Bill and says, It's gone. She don't have a fever. She said, What happened? The baby got down and started running around playing outside. So we know that God is a healer. It's good to have my friend, Brother Ricky here. He's sitting back there. I'll I'll get back to him later. It's good to have him in service tonight, my guest, my honor. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews 11 and 3. I want to try to hurry. I don't have a lot of time. Hebrews 11 and 3. I feel the jitters tonight like I just drank four cappuccinos. I'm getting ready to explode up here. Through faith we understand that the worlds were made by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I want you to read that with me. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Put your Bibles down and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you just for a little bit on this thought, the inevitable revival, the inevitable revival, not that it's possibly going to happen, not that there is a good possibility or a good chance that it's going to happen, it's inevitable. And whether you know it or believe it or not, you may be seated, we're right smack in the middle of it. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost to tell you tonight, that if we do not acknowledge what God has done for us yesterday and today, that He will not bring a revival for us tomorrow. So we need to dance for the things that He's done. You're not hearing me. And if He doesn't do anything for you tomorrow, you need to dance in advance for what's coming the next day. If you need a healing, you need to dance in advance. I think that we need to get the attitude that the children of Israel had when they walked up to the walls of Jericho. The walls were standing. It looked like there was no hope. But they danced in advance. They worshipped God. In advance. And then the walls came down. If you're looking for a miracle, the best thing to do is worship in advance for it. I'm going to preach before I get to preach. It's interesting to me. It's interesting to note that the Greek word in our text, word translated worlds in this verse It is not the word cosmos, which is translated world, or earth, or atmosphere, or universe. Something tangible, something that you could see. Uh, it's, It's been talked about many times in the New Testament. But the word worlds, rather, was the plural of aeon, which means age or period of time. It is similar to the English word eon. So the meaning of this Scripture is not that by faith we can understand that this earth was framed by God's Word, although that is certainly true. But this verse, however, is telling us that through faith we are to understand that God's plan for the ages was completed from the very beginning. The worlds or the ages, was already complete. God foreordained every era of time before the beginning of time. He foresaw creation. He foresaw the period of the law, the church age, and the millennium. He predestined. Listen to me. Satan's doom. Say, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. He predestined the church. Somebody say amen. The great white throne and the new heaven and the new earth. He declared in Isaiah 46 and 9 and 10, said, He said, I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times. The things that are not done yet. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. I love that verse. The first thing that God did in that Scripture was the very first thing that He did in the beginning in Genesis 1 and 1. It said in the beginning was God. In the beginning, God. And He established Himself. Any time that God does a miracle in somebody's life, He establishes who He is. Before He formed the world, Before he spoke the sun, moon, and stars and hung them with his fingertips, he established that who he is. And he didn't stop there. The second thing that he established in that scripture was this He said, And there is none like me. He said, I'm the only one, I'm the first and the last, the Alpha. The be- and, the be- and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is the Almighty. He established Himself and said that He was by Himself. There's not ever been another God. Everything else is made up or a figment of someone's imagination or a creation, a piece of wood or gold. But God stands alone. He said He declared the end from the beginning. He spoke it into existence from ancient times. The things that are not yet done, He already knew that it was going to happen, happen saying, My counsel shall stand. That word counsel comes, out of, the, uh, comes from the strong, out of the Strong's Concordance. It means purpose. Listen to me. He said, My purpose shall stand. That word stand means to arise. In the last day, God has a purpose and it's getting ready to stand. Don't ever think that God's will or purpose is not going to happen. If God has promised you something in the past, you can rest assured that it's already happened in the spirit world. Any miracle that you'll ever get has already happened. Any financial miracle that you'll ever get, it's already been taken place. Why? Because from the beginning of time, He's been God. My God. He said, I'm going to do my pleasure. That's not arrogant. He said, I'm going to do what I want to do. It may be totally different from what you want God to do. But he said he was going to do his pleasure. And he declared the end from the beginning. Acts 15 and 18 says, Known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world. Can I tell you that the things which are seen in our world today are not a result of mere chance? The condition that we live in in this world, I'm trying to hurry, but God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost tonight. I believe that. The condition of our world, it doesn't surprise God. God didn't just get up one day out of a deep, dark sleep and come to the realization that the world was in a complete mess. He's not surprised by the demoralizing failures of mankind, nor is he stressed out over it. He's not worried about the junk and the garbage and the debauchery that we look at every day. He's not worried about our jobs and our, uh, our uh, economy. He's not worried about that. He's not worried about who's going to become the next president. Can I tell you that God will have His pleasure? Yeah. Before we ever needed help. Before we ever needed anything. He made a provision for His people because the Bible says that the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. You know what that tells me? That tells me that my needs, my salvation, and my love that I need from God is priority over the sun, moon, and stars. Before God spoke this world into existence, He already made a way out for His people. That means I'm His priority. I'm excited about that. Wait, pause, hold on. The sun, moon, and stars, beautiful. Before I, before I put them into existence, I've got to do something. My kids need me. Before I make that beautiful ocean, I've got to pause for a second. And I'm going to cause a way out, a way of provision for my people. I'm going to call out an apostolic church. That's the greatest war machine on the face of the planet. Before I do anything, I've got a church and I'm going to die on a cross before I do anything. Your problem's already been taken care of. Can I tell you? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Through faith, we understand that God's plan for ages was complete from the very beginning it would never be necessary for him to plan uh, resort to a plan b nor make any uh, uh, amendments for anything the nucleus of god's plan from the start was incarnation and specifically calvary we said it the lamb was slain before the foundations or from the foundations of the world what happened at golgotha's hill was not plan b because god messed up I've heard people say it. Well, I I don't understand God. He's a perfect God and He does a good at whatever He does. Why did He make this mess? You made this mess. Uh, He's just fixing it. And what He was telling us, that He said, I'm going to fix your mistake before you even make it. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus were a part of God's agenda before He spoke the universe into existence. And it's certainly even now that God has a plan. And when God has a plan, He sticks to it. Do you realize how long He had? How many thousands of years He had before He walked up that hill? He could have changed His mind any time. But he said it in order to happen. And regardless how much pain was in his future, because he spoke it into existence and said that he was going to do it, he did it. Can I tell you again? When God speaks a prophecy in your life, regardless how long it takes place or how much pain that you have to go through to get to it, He will accomplish it in your life. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. You feel like you're at the end of your rope. You feel like you've come to the to the end of your world. You may feel like just ending everything. But I got news for you. We got a We got a God that's already been there and taken care of it. God's plan from the very beginning was to call out a church, a great church. Ephesians 5 and 27 says that the Lord is going to present to Himself. Present to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. God ordained that His church would be an influential church, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. It doesn't matter how bad this church age may look. You may look around and there may be people falling out like crazy. We may have people in our lives, uh, preachers, pastors, whatever, saints all around us dropping. And they may be walking out, backsliding, whatever. Or participating in whatever this world may have to offer. But let me tell you something. God is not going to replace them. God is going to get a different bunch of people. in th- In this last day... Yeah. For a long time, I've dealt with it, but for a long time we've worried about what we have lost and said, well, there goes our revival. And I was praying about it. I've been praying about it for about a year or two. And I've been distraught about it. And the other day at the home group, God spoke to me and said, Quit praying for the ones that you've lost. And start cultivating for the future. God's not going to replace those people that we lost. God's going to bring a bunch of people with new mentalities. So God's so sick and tired of traditional church. He's so sick and tired of traditional evangelism. We're getting ready to light this place on fire. Do you believe what I'm saying to you? I don't think you do. God is getting ready to put this place on fire. He's already declared it. He's already done it. He also decided from the start that this church would be successful. I'm not talking about these big meetings of people packing out 16,000 people's stadiums. I don't care about that. We don't need people, we don't need people telling us how to build a church like that. They've never built an apostolic church. They can't tell us how to build an apostolic church. We don't need Jimmy Swagger to tell us how to build a church. We don't need whatever his name is out there. Uh, Joe Osteen, to tell us how to build a church? He's never built an apostolic church. We know what it takes to build an apostolic church. You want me to tell you what it takes to build an apostolic church? When God sends the fire, the people will come. We need to stop praying for people to come. And we need to start praying for the fire to come. You know what? You ever, see, you ever see a fire in your neighborhood? How many of you get up out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning to run down and look down a block to see a fire? I don't care if it's raining or 40 below zero outside. Every single one of you would get out of bed to go see a fire. You know what we need to do? We need to set our church on fire. And people will come to watch our church... Jesus said and this gospel this gospel death burial and resurrection of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole of the world a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come it was a few years ago, but at the hand of Brother Billy Cole and Lee Tonking, I think Brother Cisco was in on it, and uh, Kleindens, whatever his name is, Brother Sanzo and a bunch of other guys got together, and in three days, a whole 92,000 people were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. 92,000. All it takes is one person, man. One person. Somebody witnessed a Billy Cole. He's seen hundreds of thousands of people. Now, Brother Jeff Arnold ended up in church. His wife went to Sunday school on a church bus. He said he visited the Baptist church so many times he had more cards for accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior over and over and over. And he still was drinking and smoking cigars and never could change. And finally one day his wife looked at him and said, Jeff, he, she said, I don't know why you keep going back to the same place. She said, you need to go to an apostolic church where the fire will purge you. And he said, I'm desperate. I'll do whatever it takes. And he went there and God took away his alcohol and look at him now. Influenced thousands, millions. I heard a preacher preach but Anthony. It tore my heart up. He said he was preaching a camp. His name was put in the the paper. He was preaching one of the biggest camps in the UPC. And he went there to preach. He's a big-name preacher. And he, he said he went there and he preached the first night. He said, and it was all hyped up. And he said he was expecting great things. And the first night, nothing happened. The next day he saw that this young feller, this little boy, he, or this young teenage boy, he, he, had a, he, had a, he, he just didn't look like he fit in anywhere. His, his clothes were out of style. His, his hair was combed. It wasn't in style. And he, he was the last one to be picked for, Brother Robertson, in softball. And, and nobody picked him for a ba- on the basketball team. And, and uh, when they did all the activities, nobody wanted him on their team. He was an outcast. But he said that first night of church, he heard... Somebody screaming in the altar And he looked down and it was this boy And he was crying out God use me I I don't care what you have to do just I I need you to use me I need you to help me God And he said he got up and, And they had an altar call and really nothing happened He said he was the first one in the altar And the last one to leave And the second day the activity started The kid was the last one to be picked Every single day And every single night the same thing happened Thursday night came And he was the first one in the altar And the last one to leave Thursday night, nothing happened Expecting the Holy Ghost to fall There was bunches of kids that needed the Holy Ghost There was a bunch of people that needed healed Nothing happened Last one, first one in the altar. Last one to leave. God, use me. Set me on fire. God, help me to be used. Whatever you have to do, God, use me. And he said that night he was sleeping. And he began to hear cries. He was sleeping. And his, his uh, room was attached to the sanctuary, the tabernacle on those campgrounds. And he heard this wailing. And he come out about 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was that young man laying in the altar, snotting and a crying and a praying. Praying the same thing. God, God use me i don't care what you have to do and all of a sudden he tried to back out without him seeing him and the kid looked around and saw him and he said god spoke to me reverend and told me to pray for you and let the anointing of god fall on you and he said the first instinct he wanted to say who do you think i am who do you think you are my name was up in billboards my name was put in the newspaper my name's been plastered i've preached conference And this kid that was picked last for everything, you want to lay hands on me. And he said, because he didn't want to burst the kid's bubble, he said, Yes, sir, go ahead and lay hands. He said, and he began to pray for him. And he said, all of a sudden, something began to happen in the spirit world. He said, all week I didn't feel God. All week I didn't feel the Holy Ghost. He said, and that boy began to pray for me with a fervency, like he had never heard prayed Friday night came and he got up and he preached and the Holy Ghost fell and over a hundred people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and God made people walk that hadn't walked. Let me tell you something. All it takes is a match to start a forest fire. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how, how much insignificant you feel. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. God wants to use you. It doesn't matter where you come from or how much money you've got. God wants to use you. My God, I don't know how I got on oh. me. I was sitting on my bed today with my laptop in my hand. I I was studying and I was I was writing some notes to preach tonight and, and I don't know I know now why God prompted me to get up out of bed and go get ready for church. It was at four four o'clock and I started getting ready and I had the service on my mind and and I, I didn't I didn't even want to eat. I just was so desperate to get to the service and I got to the service. And I pulled up. I told you I wouldn't embarrass you, bro, and I'm not going to. My buddy, my good friend that I met today, Ricky, he's sitting up front. He's sleep. He hadn't slept for three days. He's been walking for three days. Trying to get back to Illinois. Going through some trials. Had a hard life. Come from a broken home. Having a rough way to go. And I sit down on the bench. And I begin to talk to him. And I begin to witness to him. And he began to feel the Holy Ghost. And I asked him if he'd ever been baptized in Jesus' name. He said, no, sir, I haven't. I said, come on inside. So we came inside. I was coming to study tonight to preach. I didn't get to finish my notes. Thank you. We come in here. and gave my Bible study 30, 40 minutes. We come down to the altar. We repented in Jesus' name. I repented right along with him because we all need it, don't we, Brother Fox? And we baptized him in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God is still working. God is going to have revival in this last day, regardless how we react. God is going to raise up a people, and there's going to be people that are filled with the Holy Ghost in this last day. So we went to eat, and I started telling them about miracles. I told him about that little girl they getting healed. I told her about Brother Sebastian how he was going to die in 24 hours unless God healed him. And he began to weep. And he said, I need the Holy Ghost. When can I have it? I mean, is this God's timing? You know what I told him? I said, no, you can have it today. So I built you up. And I said, we got the greatest church. We got the greatest bunch of people. Listen, will you come to church tonight and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. I said, man, people's going to be worshiping around you. We're going to be gathered at the altar. There's going to be all kinds of needs. And you better not make a liar out of me. God is getting ready to fill Brother Ricky with the Holy Ghost. So I want. Oh, I know I'm out on a limb right now. So there's a bunch of needs in here right now. There's people in here right now that are sick in their body. And you're going to come up here and God's going to heal you. If you need to get to the Holy Ghost, you need to come up here to this altar. Hey Amen. this is how they did it in the book of Acts. We need to get back to it. I'm so sick and tired of traditionalized Pentecost where you have to sing two or three songs, have a testimony, and then go home. We're going to go home, but I'm going to see this man receive the Holy Ghost. So, I'm giving an altar call. And I'm going to do like Brother Davis did. I'm going to just tell everybody to come down here right now and spread across this place. One thing for sure, we're going to make room for Brother Ricky. And I don't want a bunch of people around him, okay? Hallelujah, hallelujah.